Salutations! Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a Just Some Guy production, and I'm that guy, your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist. Today we're going to be talking about ideas and flow, the good life, and resources for our spiritual toolbox. Today I have a guest, Sarah Crott, joining me from Pennsylvania, south of the border. She is a personal fitness trainer and what I'm calling an empowerment life coach, she might want to clarify. And we're going to be talking about something that I think we're both very passionate about, and that is life coaching. I'm just going to share a thought to orient the discussion and a quote, and then I'm going to start asking Sarah some questions, and we're just going to have some fun talking about life coaching. So maintaining your health is often challenging, and at times it requires reaching out for help. During difficult times, i.e. COVID, Help can be accessed from communities of care that include family, friends, colleagues, spiritual mentors, self-help communities, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, therapists, massage therapists, chiropractors, and yes, a life coach. These communities provide the necessary scaffolding to help you focus on your priorities and establish balance and develop your vital sense of self. By developing your sense of self, you can become more aware of your needs, your beliefs, your values, your intentions and interests. And with this expanded self-awareness, you can then buffer yourself from life's inevitable challenges and also build resilience. So I think I just wanted to share that thought because I, I want to emphasize that I see life coaches as an essential part of a community of different supports that people can rely on. And an important one at that. The quote that I think kind of captures what's embedded in this idea, there's a theme, and the quote comes from Life Coach Hub, and it goes as such, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And the reason I chose this quote is because if you're going to choose to work with a coach, a life coach, the minute you do that, the minute you ask for help, you step into a vulnerable space. It's a declaration that things are going to be different. Let's face it, that can be downright frightening. And so I think that that's a nice kind of background for us to step into this conversation. So I'm going to ask uh, before you share about your journey to the field of life coaching, just what is life coaching? Of course. Well, first off, hi, Stephen. Nice to be here. And love Thank the introduction. Um, I love the theme of this conversation, something we're both very passionate about. So excited to be here having this conversation. So what exactly is life coaching? So life coaching is basically under a big umbrella of a lot of different things. So there's a lot of different niches to life coaching. Life coaching is the big name, just like health is a big name. And then under health, there's different types of people that can help you, like trainers, nutritionists, etc. So with life coaching, there's many different types of life coaches. For example, there's health and wellness coaches, there's business coaches, there's life design coaches, spiritual coaches. So there's a lot of different coaches that fall under this big umbrella of a life coach. So if someone is looking to hire a life coach, they may want to look into a specific area. Now, there are some coaches as well that do generalize themselves and that do work just as a life coach. So they will touch in all of these different areas or aspects of your life. And they will help you more so with your goal setting, with targets, and with general tasks. And if you were looking for something more specific, then you would look more so into a smaller niche 
life coach, for example, health coach, business coach, spiritual coach, whatever it is that you're working towards. When, when we're talking about life coaching, is it it be important for us to talk about what life coaching is not? Um, sometimes when I'm having conversations with other coaches, I, I introduce this idea about it's important for us to stay in our lane. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, yes. So there are boundaries within a life coach as well of what we do. We're humans as well. And what our speciality is, is in basically helping our clients to see their blind spots and to say, to be able to say the things that no one else is going to say to them. So we all have blind spots. We all have areas in our life that maybe aren't so apparent to us, but other people can see. Or maybe we've gone through a situation in our life before where we think, how didn't I know that? And everyone else saw it around me. It's because we're human and sometimes we just don't see our own blind spots. So essentially, we're going to hire a life coach to help us to maybe see these blind spots and overcome those areas. Now, what is a life coach not is a life coach is not um, basically a therapist. So if someone is coming and seeking immediate help or if someone is um, really suffering with their health or feeling suicidal or feeling anything to the extreme, then our job would be to refer you or to refer that person onto um, basically a therapist or an emergency helpline. That wouldn't be our job. What the difference is, actually, you know what, what most people get life coaches confused up with is therapists. And I'll talk a little bit about the difference of both of those things, because I know that'll help. So therapists usually work more so in the past. So digging up um, why you are, the way you are, and going into your roots. So going deep into the roots to figure out maybe childhood traumas or what's gone over through the years and uncovering the past to get to a point today to realize why you are where you are. And now the difference is what life coaches is, life coaches, we meet you where you are. And then we work on creating a future. So it's all about movement into the future. It's all about visualization and goal setting. The only time we ever go back and dig into the past is more so if we need to find some valuable information, usually something um, of positive or to find some strengths that can help you move forward into your future. So they're two um, quite different areas. So if you were looking to really identify um, and dig through some past traumas, um, therapists would be the best area. If you're looking to um, make some changes, maybe if you're unsatisfied in your career or you are not happy with how your health's going, maybe you've tried all these diet plans and you, you're asking yourself, well, why can't I actually just get the motivation to go to the gym? Why don't I have the confidence to just put my leggings on? So basically finding the why behind your habits and how to move forward and build the build the life that you want and build maybe the skills or even personality traits you want if you wanted to be more confident how you wanted to show up in the world so it's all based on the future of who you want to be and bridging that gap from where you are now to where you want to be and helping you throughout that process and I really love the quote that you mentioned today as well that life begins at the end of your comfort zone because this is a big thing, especially with coaching. I also noticed it in the fitness industry when I was working as a personal trainer. And um, same thing. So when someone comes to you, um, it's they are feeling in out of their comfort zone because 
they've maybe been living their life in this bubble and this bubble they've been getting that same feedback maybe the same people and they've been that same personality and now they're stepping outside of that safety bubble and now they're receiving different feedback different information different fears are coming up they're gonna have to move forward in a different direction and that feedback can be quite terrifying because it's maybe some positive and some negative but it's what we make of it and realizing that if we are to stay in that comfort bubble the growth can only be the size of that bubble but if we move out to the edge of that bubble our growth can be so much bigger and the only way to actually move towards what we want is to change the things that we're doing for ourselves so if you're doing something today and the way you're living is perfect I'm not arguing with that great continue on with that that's amazing but if you are looking to change and you realize that what you're doing is not benefiting you or maybe what you've done in the past is not working anymore then maybe it's time to move outside of that bubble yeah i i really appreciate you sharing that and i'd like to add that i think that it's important that life coaches are trauma informed so that when they're identifying that someone might be struggling with like anxiety or depression that it's important for them to be able to make the referral and so when someone's making the decision about the kind of help they need, they might want to decide, is the help I'm looking for, is it more geared towards therapy or someone who has these different kind of skills and tools that's going to help me with safety planning, uh, standing up to anxiety or standing up to depression? Is this the kind of support I need? Or do I want a life coach, a coach in one of those different niche areas or a generalist, as you shared, and that we can start working on a vision that's future oriented and then taking those action steps to get in that direction. And that the life coach, in a sense, I guess you're kind of identifying, you didn't say it directly, but is like an accountability partner, someone that will keep us accountable to the commitment we're making to move forward in a positive direction. So, wow. Thank you for that. Um, I think it's an important distinction. So we've, we've defined what life coaching is. Um, we've talked about it in a, tip of the iceberg fashion. It's a big discussion. But I am curious to know, uh, what did your journey look like in terms of moving towards a career as a life coach? What drew you in that direction? Of course. So specifically, what I help is I help women with their health, with their confidence and with their energy. So how I got to working in this position is I have a strong belief that no one should ever have to feel stuck in their life feeling drained of energy, even if it's 12 p.m. in the day and they've had a good night's sleep because they're not feeling aligned to what their life is. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because this was me a couple of years ago. So I went through life quite shy and insecure um, as a child and I struggled a lot with my own body image and with emotional eating. Now, over the years, that really was impacting me in every area and aspect of my life of how I showed up. I literally just wanted to be invisible. And pretty much my relationships then with myself and um, internally, a lot of negative self-talk and then externally um, was not showing up authentically and didn't have that confidence. So struggled with making new friendships and um, with being almost like a people pleaser because I was afraid of what people would think of me as well. So it basically was this whole ne negative spiral. And I got to a point in my life where I wanted to change. It was literally this one day I was playing a hockey match, the ball came towards me, I had no energy to even move. Um, and I realized, well, I have to make some changes here because 
my binge eating, emotional eating went to binge eating, which went to strict, restrictive diets. And I decided that I wanted to get more into fitness. I was already playing hockey. So I got into the gym and started to find confidence from saying I was going to do something and then following my actions and actually following through and doing that. The gym or my body change is not really what made confidence. What made confidence is me actually saying I was going to do something and doing it and turning up consistently. And I actually decided that I'm passionate about this. I want to become a personal trainer. So there was a point in my life where I thought I'm never going to have the confidence because I can't even put my hand up in class. How am I going to become a personal trainer? But I did it anyway. I took one small step at a time. So moving from 1% to 2%, first step was just apply. And the second step, turning up for an interview day. Third step, and just trusting the process that I would learn what I need to know as I need to know it. So if I'm going to be in a course, I'm going to learn everything I need to know in that course and just trust that. So I done that, became a personal trainer, worked as a personal trainer for a couple of years, loved it. But what I realized is it didn't feel authentic to me because after a while, I realized that a lot of clients came to me for an exercise plan or for a food plan. And I noticed that what they actually needed was more than that because they were lying. They were lying about following the exercise plan and their eating plan. And I know this because they weren't seeing results. And I know this because I done this myself. Even as training as a personal trainer, I hired a personal trainer. And they put me on a strict diet and I lied to them and pretended I was following it. Ever embarrassment because like what you said about comfort zone, you're going out of your comfort zone, you're trying something new and then you're embarrassed that this person who is healthy and seems to know it all is giving you this diet and you just can't follow it and you feel stupid. So I knew that that's what was going through in my clients' heads as well. So I got more interested in behind the scenes, the habits, why they can't show up or why they don't feel the confidence to step into the gym or maybe how they prioritize and structure their day and how they never have time for the things that they actually want. So I got more so interested in um, that psychology, neuroscience, all of that area and studied that for a couple of years and done my life coaching certificate as well. And I also worked in hospitality and traveling because I realized, oh, well, actually, I want to break from personal training because um, I'm so young and I want to live the life that I want as well, which was travel. That was a big number one on my list. And I spoke to enough um, older people that told me, do you know, do it while you're young and there's no point in waiting and putting it off. So I took that advice on board and I went off. I went for four years and just really went on this healing journey within myself over those couple of years. Um, healing my relationship first with my body image and my food and that was literally by accident because I was in Spain could not afford food so I had one year budget a day and I had pasta potatoes and I couldn't afford a gym membership so if you can think about someone who was quite like obsessive with how they looked and going to the gym and their structure who just doesn't have this anymore it actually didn't even impact me that much which is so strange because I was out of my environment and I was just having fun living life going on hikes talking to friends and just living. So I really let go of that part and realized that I was putting these things into place, structure and and gym basically to satisfy an emotional need rather than meeting that emotional need in a different way. Um, so I learned a lot over those couple of years as well, working and traveling with hospitality, learning, speaking to people from all over the country and from many different countries and developing many relationships I learned a lot so it really brought me back full circle around from my first passion of working in health and fitness 
to going around my own life, exploring, going on my own healing journey, and then bring me back to this place of working now as a coach and working in that area that I didn't know how to help at first when I first started as a personal trainer. Now I know, and that's what I'm very passionate about helping. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things that you shared, um, some things to just kind of uh, echo back. Uh, the thing that caught my attention was this idea that with your own personal struggle, you found that there was a need to make a change. And one of the first steps was, and you didn't say it exactly like this, was that you had to kind of say it and make it so. You had to kind of make this declaration that things were going to be different. And then once you did that, you started to take these action steps. And these action steps helped you kind of bring yourself closer to the life that you wanted. And as you got to that place, then you were inspired to perhaps make, uh, create an opportunity for yourself to be there to support other people make changes for themselves, which is where you are right now. Exactly. Uh, the one thing I want to, I just wanted to add to, we were talking about what uh, life coaching is and what life coaching is not. Um, I think the, uh, the example you brought, uh, it, let's say there was another person that kind of had a similar experience that you were talking about. And you mentioned about the, the idea that um, sometimes people are not being honest with themselves. You talked about this, this idea that maybe they're lying to themselves. That makes me think that at times people, uh, when they're trying to make change and they're finding that they're not making change, they might have this experience that I think we could safely call shame. They're, they're like living in a kind of a shame place. And so I think that this is also an example where we could identify that a person with those kind of struggles could really benefit from a life coach. And at the same time, simultaneously, possibly therapy would be helpful as well. Yeah, I think both therapy and life coaching can be beneficial, depending on what the person's aim was that, that now they've maybe uncovered this, if they want to, you know, dive deeper into it and uncover that, or if they wanted to simply make a habit change. So depending on what exactly they're looking for as well. In terms of your journey, as, as, a, as a life coach, uh, you, you had your experience, you're overcoming and you want to uh, inspire now. Is it usual for a life coach to continue to get life coach support from other coaches? Is that something that might be of common? Of course. Yes. So I have many coaches. I actually am in a coaching group. So we're, we have, I have many calls a week. And then I also work one-on-one with I have more than one coach. I have a lot of coaches. And that's just because my own personal journey with lots of different areas and I really see the benefit of having a coach because it just helped me like for example when I was working as a personal trainer and finished college study for two years fresh out of school and then I realized oh my gosh like I know I can do this but I'm struggling with the confidence and I'm having these blind spots and comparing myself to these other trainers so basically going through a lot of that um, and digging up those basically limiting beliefs and blocks that were in my way. And then I realized that with coaching, well, I don't want to do that same thing again, because no matter what we do, no matter how confident we may seem, and we're starting something new, we're going to need basically new information, new support. We're going to have to place new structures and habits into our day. And essentially, we basically evolve or grow and change a little bit as well. So I noticed how important it is to have a coach, even when you are a coach as well. As we support, it's okay to realize that 
we can continue to get support and create that scaffolding for ourselves. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I think it's just something for people to consider that the uh, evolution of self is an ongoing process and we can be a part of another person's change journey. And it's okay for us to continue to invite people in our change journey as well. And um, just because you're a coach, it doesn't mean that we're superhuman. It doesn't mean that we have all the answers or that we're some guru. We're not. What we know as a coach is we know how to see someone else's blind spots and how to see say the things to them that no one else is going to say to them. But what we also can't see is we can't see our own blind spots because we're human. So we also will need that support as well for, yeah, for basically the same thing. So. Okay, so we we've kind of touched upon it, but I just really want want to flesh it out. We we talked about it over the last number of questions. But um, if someone said, "I'm thinking I need a life coach," I'm not sure if I'm yet going to commit to that idea. What I really want to know is if someone can hammer out for me what are the benefits of a life coach. Yeah, so multiple benefits, but a couple of them, just to keep it brief for you, would be basically what happens in a life coaching session is that coach is creating space, a safe space for you to be open and to be vulnerable and to be authentic and to really just be yourself and have a safe space that you can share your visions, you can share your goals, maybe goals that you're afraid to even say out loud because you're struggling to believe that you can actually have them. And I know this because I've definitely been there as well. And a coach can help you with accountability. And so if you're struggling, if you have all these goals that you want to do, whether it's exercise or whether it's a career change or whether it's you want to travel and you're noticing that it's exciting in the moment, but the follow through is difficult. A coach can really help you with putting that plan and structure and goal setting and keeping you accountable to your word. So if you have a goal, actually keeping you accountable to that as well. and the biggest thing is really to notice your blind spots as well. So if you are coming to a coach and saying that you're struggling with one area, the coach may be able to see through that of what actually is going on. So maybe in most cases, it turns out to be some sort of limiting belief or um, some sort of maybe feeling unworthy or confidence. Um, it does seem to be usually something that is going on behind that which we like to um identify and then that really helps the time from moving forward as well and yeah just basically helping the main thing as well is just helping the client with getting to where they actually want to be so it's up to the client really we're there to hold the space we're there to keep them accountable, we're there to re-remind them of their words, to see their blind spots and to point out the things that no one else will say to them. But ultimately, um, the person who gets the results is the clients, depending on how willingness they are to show up, how much they do want it, and by them actually following through with what, with, with what they actually are saying that they want to do as well. Once they have all that support from us, then their part of the journey is to follow through with it as well. The way you've described this, a uh, word that we haven't used yet, but I think it's a word that fits, would be the idea that a, a life coach could be like an ally uh, that we have in our corner to support us through our challenges or to actualize a vision. 
think like especially right now that there could be uh, many benefits to in terms of mental health, uh, in terms of reaching out to a life coach. We've all gone through or are continuing to go through this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Many of us have been isolated, lockdowns. Uh, we've experienced uh, disconnection, loneliness. And I see the life coach. Uh, I'm interested specifically in self-care, life coaching, to, to be a self-care coach. And the idea that uh, you could reach out to someone and, and you'd have an opportunity for a friendly voice in your life to support you through uh, the difficult times. So I think more than ever, there might be a demand for life coaches, especially with wait lists with therapists. Many therapists are reporting that the need uh, for support is so great that a lot of people are being put on wait lists. Now, knowing that we all have to stay in our lane, it's, it's not to suggest that we should start trying to do therapy. But in the meantime, we can support in other ways that I think is just as important. Well, I think what you said is interesting about basically having like an ally in your, your corner. And I think to some extent, yes. But also just to note that you may not always like what your coach has to say, because some things that they say can be triggering because they are identifying their blind spots. They are looking to help you get to your goal and there might be some things that they say that are confronting along the way because maybe we're pointing out things that other people would just let slide and we're holding you accountable to your life as well. So it can be like having a supportive cheerleader in your corner, but it can also feel a little bit uncomfortable and triggering at times. Um, but just to know that that is just because you're stepping out of your comfort zone and growing and changing and working towards that person who you act, who you want to be. I guess we're back to the organizing quote for our, our discussion about uh, life begins at uh, the end of your comfort zone. And <laughs> sometimes you might get some, some feedback that might be difficult to hear. Is there a responsibility from the life coach to be careful in terms of the ways that they share that uh, hard information? Well, it's not so much hard information that we point out. It's more so like, for example, let me give you an example. Um, okay, I'll give you a real life example of what came up for me in a coaching session. So I was noticing in a group coaching call that this woman kept popping up on her Zoom camera without putting her hand up. She meant to put your hand up on the wait list and then you get accepted in. And I was triggered by this because I was like, well, this woman is just coming to this group and just speaking immediately without putting her hand up. And then I wanted to say something and I wanted to like say, well, why is this woman coming into the group, etc. But then I had to notice what was actually going on in that moment and realize that I'm annoyed because I'm afraid to do that. I'm afraid to just go right in without putting my hand up, without waiting. And I think what she's doing is rude, but only because I'm actually afraid to do it. And in that coaching session, the coach actually worked through, um, worked with this woman one-on-one -on -one and got through to identifying why she felt like she needed to interrupt everyone and come on and speak. And what, what they ended up figuring out at the end of the process was that she felt unseen. And she felt like a trigger that she needed to pop on and her opinion needed to be heard and needed to be heard right now. So basically like certain instances like this and really each time 
reflecting back to yourself. So as a coach, as a client, if something is triggering, really just go into yourself and ask yourself, well, what is it about this person that's triggering me that I see in myself? So it could be a good thing. So for example, if you're jealous of someone, you may say, or, or you may then consider to think to yourself, well, what is it about that person that I'm jealous of? And then see it in a different light. So see it in a way of, oh, that's amazing that that person ha- has reached this goal. And if they can do it, I can do it. So see it as, I'm glad that they've done that because that means that I can possibly do it. So just basically shift in perspectives more so. Well, I think that's kind of a, a nice lead into the next question that I have. In terms of the, the client-coach uh, relationship, what, what are the, the roles and responsibilities of the, the coach versus the roles and the responsibilities of, of the client? Of course. So the roles and responsibilities of the coach is to show up basically to create that safe space and environment for the client to be able to be open and vulnerable and to provide valid, basically, information, tools, and strategies um, for the client to create that space to listen um, deeply and to point out their blind spots and to say things that are going to help the client, even if that means pointing out something to them. Um, Because at the end of the day, it's not like um, a best friend relationship. It's a coaching relationship. So we may notice that with our best friends, we don't, if we know they're doing something wrong, sometimes we don't say it. So we don't hold them accountable to it because we don't want to cause any friction or argument. Whereas in a coaching call, we do say those things because it helps the person to, to be able to grow and move forward and say the things basically no one else would say. Now, the other hand then, so, oh, and also basically come from obviously an authentic, compassionate place as well, because understanding what the client is going through and, and that they are making this big shift and change. So definitely we do understand that as well. And then from the perspective of the client, um, what they have to do is it's up to them to show up. So to show up to all of their sessions, to their calls, to be on time to be willing to be open and to to share and to communicate. So really communication is key. So if something's going on that they do communicate, if there's something that they want to focus on or that's coming up or that's not working for them, that they communicate that so then the coach can make changes. Um, and then that they do the work. So coach is going to be giving the clients action steps to do along the way or maybe weekly tasks. And it's the client's responsibility to make sure that they are showing up on time and being in the game. So if a client has an end result, and is, for example, let's say weight loss is the end result, and the client keeps asking, well, I want weight loss, I want weight loss. And then what the coach will help is with, okay, well, here's all the steps that we need to put into place to get to here. And then it's the client's um, basically job to take those steps and to be in the game. So if, if so, if I was to say, you know, based on what you said, that with, with different words, uh, that a coach is like kind of like a, a sounding board for someone. Someone's going to hear thought, perhaps in terms of their vision, uh, that they're, they're a, collab- a creative collaborator. Like we're, we're working together. It's, it's like a partnership. It's not like, like I have power over as, as the coach and that we're going to explore visions or blocks and 
we're going to try to create an action plan and explore options uh, for moving forward. Does that seem to fit for some of the thoughts with the code? Yeah, that 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 seems to fit. So exactly what you said, and just seeing the blind spots, saying things as they are, holding that safe space, accountability, and helping them with structure and goal setting, and ultimately holding the client, um, re-reminding the client exactly of what their goal is as well for the process, because it can be easy to forget that or to let go of that vision. So keeping them reminded of their vision and to help them to stay on track with it. The one thing you also said before, and I think I just want to add to that wonderful little summary, is uh, you mentioned the word uh, to do so compassionately. So Mm -hmm. in terms of like when we're delivering this feedback that might be hard to hear, um, we're doing it in a way which is uh, considerate, uh, gentle, and and compassionate. The uh, client, in terms of the stuff that you were sharing, uh, I think we're kind of also identifying that the client in terms of the results, um, like that a life coach can't necessarily guarantee results uh, if the if the client's not showing up. Uh, and so the client in this sense is self-determining. They're like an autonomous agent where they're making choices for themselves and uh, that they might be coming for support to actualize a vision or they might be struggling with a dilemma, at which point we support them exploring different options forward. We've talked about a lot of things. I guess I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I don't know if you're prepared for this, but just to kind of get a taste of the experience. So if we imagine me uh, being someone who's struggling with procrastination, I have all these ideas, uh, things that I want to tackle, a direction I want to go. And and I share with you that, uh, you know, I need support uh, from a life coach because I just never seem to get around to taking action steps uh, in terms of the plans that I have. As a life coach, uh, what would our starting point be? Yeah, so um, a lot of people tend to go through this um, procrastination. And what people experience when they're going through procrastination is also a lack of like, motivation or an inability to start tasks or to see them through completion or to even start them in the first place. And many times when people are overwhelmed to start a task or procrastinating about a task, it's because they see it as something that they cannot do or not as a priority. Because if we, for example, um, let's say we said that we're going to work out once a week um, and we're not doing it, we're procrastinating about it or waking up in the morning, we're saying, oh gosh, it's cold, I don't want to get out of bed, I don't want to spend the 100 euro on this session. And then let's say our phone beside us falls on the ground on that same morning on the side of the bed and breaks. What do we do? We jump out of bed. We get that phone. We're maybe on our laptop searching. Where's their place to fix my phone today? (laughs) So really, it's because we don't see something as a high priority. So what I would say is if someone is procrastinating around the task, think about it. Do you really want to achieve this task? Um. Is it something that is on your high list? It is, is it on something, a list that you want to put off for another time? Or is it something you want to fully put in the bin, something that you don't actually want? So really identifying one of those three areas with the task that I actually want. Because oftentimes we can say that we hypothetically want to do something, but we don't actually. Like um, maybe I say, hey, I want to learn how to play the guitar. I want to sing. I want to go to India. And then if I have all these ideas going through my head every day, 
maybe I might think that I'm procrastinating and not making any step forward towards them. And then I start to feel heavy and weighed down and stressed by all of these things that I said I'm going to do and not going to do them. Whereas if I look deeper into that and realize, actually, I don't want to play the guitar because I don't see myself committing to learning once a week. So I can just put that one in the bin. Maybe uh-huh. India and say, well, actually, um, I think I want to go there in a year. So put that in a box and then the, keep the task that is at hand and make that your priority. So really know how to prioritize your tasks. And then also another point for that, for that as well is a lot of us who are struggling with procrastination, we're also struggling with perfectionism. So we're, we have that fear of failure of taking that first step because we're afraid what people are going to think of us. We're afraid what feedback we're going to get. We are like terrified of being seen maybe so think about it as I saw this photo today actually in the coach post on LinkedIn and I thought it was great so it was a picture and basically was a dot in the box a dot in the box is you and if you are basically afraid of failure and you're keeping yourself stuck and if this dot in the box of perfectionism and your goal is outside the box then you're not really getting anywhere closer to your goal because you're in that protection box Whereas the next um, diagram was a picture of a dot and then it was like this jumble up that looked like spaghetti basically and then the goal. So the person who was actually going towards their goal was having ups and downs, was having twists, was getting positive feedback, negative feedback, things were going right, things were going wrong. But then that was leading their closer to their goal because that's just how life is. Most cases, I'm sure a lot of life hasn't gone perfect for most of us, but what we do is we learn through experiences. And we, when we get put ourselves out there and get out of the box and actually into the game, then at least we have a chance of getting closer to where we want to be. And if we don't get to that exact goal, we at least get closer to it, or maybe we discover different things along the way and different learnings. But if we always stay in that box, then and not open it then we're just essentially keeping ourselves trapped and stuck where we are and then realizing with procrastination so what is the best outcome and what is the worst outcome is the, is the best outcome to stay in the protection box because it does hold obviously there's a reason why you want to stay in that protection box because maybe you, you value safety and security and then on the other hand, you have more potential to reach towards that goal, but it might look a bit messy throughout the process. And maybe you don't have that safety and security, but you have excitement, you have joy, you have other things. So realize what one is most important to you right now. And then you can make that empowered decision of which one you want. Do you want to stay safe in the box? Or do you want to step outside and uh, try something else? So um, if you're procrastinating about something, maybe just realize those two things so are you um, struggling with perfectionism fear of failure um, which is the best or worst outcome for you as well so if i had that as my uh, challenge by talking with a life coach i could get that support and accountability partner and i would start possibly start looking at things like my priorities conflicting priorities and you know am i struggling with this thing called perfectionism and ironically enough Maybe I'm procrastinating because I'm never going to be satisfied with the end result. So I'm never going to get to the end result because if I don't, then I don't have to be disappointed with my effort because it's just not going to measure up. Wow. Well, that's awesome. 
Thank you. I think that uh, you had mentioned when we previously talked that you have uh, some upcoming projects. And so just as we kind of conclude our discussion, I want to give you a chance to uh, share any contact information with the listeners that you might have in terms of the, the way they can get connected with you for support and any kind of upcoming projects you're excited about that you'd like people to know. Sure. So I have a couple of upcoming projects that I'm super excited about. I have a one, my next project's coming up on the 29th um, of March. And that is an event that we're hosting on Facebook. I'm hosting that with Edmund. Edmund is actually a hypnotist. And um, so we're hosting an event together. And the topic of that event is how to um, stop being perfect and get shit done, which is actually very funny because it just follows what we were just talking about. So that would be a perfect one to transition into if you are just noticing, oh gosh, I think that person that she was just speaking about with, with procrastination and perfectionism is me. If that's you, then this is a perfect event for you to head on over. So um, I have that group over on Facebook. My Facebook name is Sarah Croft, C-R-A-W-T-E. And you will see that event. The event is called how to not be perfect and get shit done. So you can also just search that on Facebook. Um, and then I have a couple of other events that will be coming up as well, but I don't have a certain date for them as of yet. And then for contact information, um, you can head over to basically any of my social platforms. I have my, my name is most of them. So Sarah Croft, C-R-A-W-T-E on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram is Croft Coaching. And my email then is crotcoaching at gmail.com. So if you are noticing or just interested to have a conversation after um, after listening to this podcast, and do feel free to just reach out to me with any current questions that you do have. Um, I do offer free 30-minute um, discovery calls for people who are interested in coaching because I know coaching is such a new thing that a lot of people still don't even know what the heck it is, even maybe after this conversation. So if you really want to see what it is like for yourself, then I do offer um, 30 minute discovery calls for people um, who are first time looking to introduce themselves into coaching and just see what it is. There's no pressure. There's no guarantee to buy it after. It's just basically for you to see what coaching is. Okay. So I have a sense that if I was, coach hesitant um that discovery uh call would provide me an opportunity to meet with you and then ask you some kind of questions and see if we have a fit in terms of the need that i might have uh and the skills that you have to bring exactly and then if that was an interest for you then you do have an option to join my program which is a 12-week intensive transformational um program focusing on health confidence energy but if that's not something that you're looking for if you literally just wanted to be curious and have a coaching conversation that's totally okay as well it's going to be 100 your empowered decision there's going to be no pressure on the sale in that conversation thank you sarah for your time and coming to talk with me about your passion for and my passion for life coaching uh, my hope is that the information is helpful it might give some curious souls a better idea about whether or not a life coach might provide the additional scaffolding that they need to get in a step closer to the direction that they would like to go. As always, the conversation is ongoing and continuous. Until next time, peace, take care, be well, and share. Love that. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. Salutations.